Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Michael Blanc is hosting one of the best multifamily investing events of the year, Dealmaker Live, on June 1st through 3rd in Dallas, Texas. You'll learn the secrets to buying your first apartment in just 180 days with no down payment or experience necessary. You'll also discover proven strategies for finding investors and raising all the capital you need. With access to insider tips used by over 10,000 successful students to acquire 41,000 units worth over $1.5 billion, you don't want to miss it. Reserve your seat now at DealmakerLiveEvent.com to take advantage of huge discounts before they expire. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to BestEverShow.com. Stay really tightly focused on exactly what you're doing, stay exactly in your lane. Because I find when I don't, I waste a ton of time and it doesn't lead to any money. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Best ever listeners, welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Slocum Reed and I'm here with Lee Ripma. Lee is joining us from Overland Park, Kansas. She's a principal at Lutz Sales and Investments, a small multifamily brokerage in the Kansas City market. She's also the founder of Vestmap.com. Her current portfolio includes 53 units, all small multifamily, which they define as two to 72 units. Lee, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're currently focused on? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Locum. So just quick background on me. I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area and I started out in the sciences. So I worked professionally as a biologist for 13 years and I have an undergraduate degree in ecology and a master's degree in evolutionary biology. So back in 2016, I was living in San Diego and I was working away at my W-2, helping clients comply with the Endangered Species Act. And I came home from work and I told my wife I could no longer work for other people and I had to work for myself. So about six months later, I bought my first six doors in Kansas City and I left my day job as a biologist in 2019 once I had built up a small portfolio in Kansas City. So then I started working full-time in real estate in LA while I was still buying up rentals in Kansas City. So 
I really liked what I was doing in LA, but when COVID hit, LA really shut down and I decided to actually move to Kansas City. So I teamed up with my broker in Kansas City. So now by day, I help other people invest in multifamily in Kansas City. And then I also have my own small real estate portfolio. And then I'm the founder of vestmap.com. So that's kind of my background. Lee, when you say that you help other people invest in KC, what is it you're helping them with? Are you transacting as their broker? Yeah, absolutely. We're a small real estate brokerage. We really focus only on multifamily. How is it that you decided on the Kansas City market back in, did you say 2013 you bought your first ones? I bought my first ones actually in 2017. So at the time I was living in San Diego and I was looking, where can I invest? And there's a really big barrier to entry in the California market. And I was looking around at all these different ideas. And my business partner at the time was a Kansas City Chiefs fan. And I had come to Kansas City one time in college when I was 19. So I knew that Kansas City was cool. And I Googled the top 10 cash flowing markets in the United States. And Kansas City was on that list. And I said, all right, Kansas City, let's do it. And I flew to Kansas City and I came home with six doors under contract, a duplex and a fourplex. So that's what really kicked off my love of small multifamily. So a combination of affordability or lower cost of entry in Kansas City along with the cash flow. That makes a lot of sense. I hear a lot of really good things about the Kansas City market and the growth that's happening there too. So you spend some time earning your income in California, in the Bay Area, and then in Los Angeles, investing in Kansas City. And then with all of what COVID was and lockdown was, especially in Los Angeles, you found yourself moving to KC and focusing exclusively on real estate and real estate investing and brokering deals, which makes a lot of sense because you already had experience on the acquisitions side. Vestmap.com is a location analysis tool. Yes, exactly. So when I first started out investing, here I was Googling top 10 cash flowing markets, and I really didn't know what I was looking for in location. You can invest anywhere in the United States, but what's the difference between somewhere in Wisconsin or somewhere in Kansas City or Maine? There's so many different locations you can invest in. So the idea with VestMap is that you can look at a location and decide if you would invest in a location in about 30 seconds. So you vet locations first, and then if you like the location, then you underwrite the deal instead of underwriting the deal without understanding the location. So really what I'm looking for now is growing affordable markets in landlord-friendly states. So both Kansas and Missouri are very landlord-friendly. California is not landlord friendly. So that's what VestMap is. It was something that I came up with. I had sort of a laborious way of doing it myself based on my background in geospatial analysis. And when COVID hit, COVID really changed my life. So when COVID hit, I was like, we could all be dead in six months. You should probably start that company that you've been wanting to start. So I built out a minimum viable product website and just launched and people really like it. And we have hundreds of clients now and some really big names in real estate. A lot of hedge funds and developers use our product. 
For the location-based analysis, how specific of a location does VestMap get into? If I give you a particular address, how localizes the data? It's very granular. So you can search any address in the United States and it will come back with what's called a discern report. So it'll give you demographics, income, crime, school ratings, expansion, which is population growth and income growth, rent rates, and then neighborhood indicator stores like Starbucks and Dollar General and things like that. So it's very, very granular data, much more granular than the 135 that we're used to seeing in broker packets. So it goes down to the census block, which is the smallest census block that you can look at. So it's very, very granular data. And for those of us who are less in this industry of analysis than you are, how large are these census blocks? They're actually done by population size. The census block has between 600 and 300 people, usually around about 2,000. So a census block in New York City is going to be smaller than a census block is going to be in rural Kansas. That makes sense. What you're saying about, what did you call it, the N in discern? Neighborhood So it's neighborhood indicator stores. So some of the ones that we have are Starbucks, Panera. We have Walmart, Target, Home Depot. So these are national brands and you can piggyback on the demographic research that they do before they build their stores by looking at where they're located. So one of the things that you'll see in a discern report is what is the nearest store? Is it a Starbucks? Is it a Home Depot? Is it a Dollar General? Lee, I'm an apartment operator with a similar portfolio to yours in Cincinnati, Ohio, and also a more residential real estate agent. I wouldn't say broker, but I've done a lot of commercial multifamily as well as residential multifamily sales. That's one of the things I told my clients was, while you're trying to figure out the area you're in, look at the nearest stores, nearest restaurants. Where are you going to get your coffee? Where do you go late at night when you're hungry? Because there's a big difference between, like you said, if Panera is the closest place or Chipotle or Wendy's or Richie's fast food. So it makes a lot of sense. Your 53-unit portfolio in the Kansas City area, which of your properties is the largest by unit count? My largest property is a 19-unit apartment, which is actually in Overland Park, Kansas. It's a three-minute drive from my office. Nice. Do you self-manage now? I usually self-manage while I'm renovating, and then I turn it over to a property manager. So I like to hand off a stabilized, occupied property to a property manager. I'm sure your property managers are very grateful for that. The conventional wisdom is that you start with smaller things like a duplex and a fourplex, and then you scale into things like a 19 unit. Is that the trajectory that your portfolio has taken? You started with the smaller stuff and then made your way up as 19 units, your most recent acquisition? Yes. I never owned single family homes, but I started with a duplex and a fourplex And yeah, then I bought fourplexes and eight units. I guess I had a 24 unit and then I had a 19 unit. So I have gone bigger through time. However, I love fourplexes. So I will still buy a fourplex today 
even though I own bigger apartments. You and I are in the same camp here. I love fourplexes as well. Why is it that you like them so much though? I think tenants really like living in small multifamily, especially townhome style fourplexes. I really like you don't have anyone over your head. The expenses are very low for a landlord because everything is submetered and you just get families who want to stay in the fourplex for a long time. So you have really low vacancy and then they come like a little community. So it's a very cooperative type feeling between the tenants and they tend to be in more suburban locations. And so, yeah, you kind of have families that stay a long time. Your expenses are really low. And then if you do a nice finish in a good school district or a well-rated school district, you can get pretty good rents on a fourplex. In Kansas City, I don't know if you have this in Cincinnati, but we have what we call the Stucker Quad. So Larry Stucker built literally thousands of these things around Kansas City. It's a townhome style. So three bedrooms, two bedrooms, two bedrooms, three bedrooms. So they're these big units, everything submetered. They're built 1980s or later. So you have modern plumbing, modern electrical. You can really just go in and scrape the popcorn ceilings and paint and flooring and have a really, really nice product without having to worry about some of those big ticket CapEx items that you'll deal with in older buildings. That makes a lot of sense if we had that inventory in Cincinnati too. I'm sure I'd own a few of those as well. Is your plan to continue to scale into larger properties with the same investing strategy you currently used? Or are you planning to stay in that smaller multifamily space? That's a good question. Because I'm so focused on brokerage, I actually don't do that much of my own investing. So a lot of times I'll actually just invest with my clients passively, just because I don't have the time to go and turn these properties around. So I guess my ultimate goal is to get into the more passive stuff. So buying triple nets, I guess that's kind of the dream, right? Like to just get into the really, really passive stuff. So buying up strip malls that are completely triple net and like a ground lease would be like the most passive thing that you could own. So I think instead of scaling with number of units, I actually want to scale with passivity. So I always use this metric that I call effort adjusted returns. So something like a ground lease, your efforts are very, very low and your returns might be low as well, but it's no effort. So I think once you've forced the equity on a lot of multifamily properties, then you can trade up into more passive investments. We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Are you a real estate investor looking to break into the multifamily investing space? Have you heard of MFIN Con happening in Charlotte, North Carolina, June 12th through the 14th? The Multifamily Investor Nation Convention is a place to learn from over 60 high-level apartment investors while networking with more than 700 additional investors. If that's not enough for you, A-Rod, yep, Alex Rodriguez, 12-time Major League Baseball All-Star with over $700 million of commercial real estate assets, will be live and in person speaking at the event. Also speaking is the one and only Dr. Robert Cialdini, the godfather of influence and the award-winning author. I personally love his books. So be sure to secure your tickets to this live in-person event before they're gone. Go to MFINCon.com for more details. Sponsorship opportunities are also available. Visit MFINCON.com today. Use the promo code BESTEVER to get $200 off your tickets. That's MFINCON.com. 
Deciding how to invest your capital is more challenging than ever. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company with a solid track record and that has thrived through various economic cycles. Companies like BAM Capital. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator that has delivered a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. BAM Capital has never missed a preferred payment, never lost an LP's investment, and never called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital is currently raising capital for a fund designed for accredited investors targeting a 15 to 20% IRR and a 2 to 2.5x equity multiple to its investors over a 3 to 5 year hold period. If you're an accredited investor and you want to learn more about multifamily investment opportunities with BAM Capital, visit capital.thebamcompanies.com. Again, that's capital.thebamcompanies.com. I know a lot of investors who get to a number where if I can have this much capital deployed at this percentage of return, I know I can cover my lifestyle passively or residually, depending on the lingo you want to use. Lee, given your personal emphasis on analysis, due diligence, and your brokering in this small multifamily space for other people, as well as your own acquisitions in Kansas City, We're wrapping up Q1 of 2023. Give us a summary of what's happening in the Kansas City market when it comes to small multifamily right now. Great question. Obviously, interest rates are having a huge impact on real estate sales. And there's this disconnect that I'm sure you have a lot of people talking about, which is the sellers want yesterday's prices and the buyers want tomorrow's deals. So there's this disconnect between buyers and sellers. And I think it is still a seller's market because there's such low inventory. And yet the buyers have just wanted it to be a buyer's market for so long that they're looking for that distress. They're looking for the deals. And if you ask me, that is not going to happen. Like We're not seeing lots and lots of distressed sellers. I think that 2019 was kind of a once in a lifetime event that isn't going to happen again. So what we're seeing is this disconnect between buyers and sellers. And what we're trying to do is put together deals that work now. So if you can make a deal work in today's interest rate, then when rates do go down in the next five years, the deal is going to just be that much better. So we're using some strategies to get lower interest rates. And one of the big things that we're using right now is a program called Mobux. It's a deposit from the state of Missouri into a local bank. It's a link deposit program. So the state of Missouri is putting in a CD into a bank at a very, very low rate. And then the bank is turning around and giving it to the investor at a very low rate. So we're closing deals between five and five and a quarter interest rates using Mobux. And that really makes these deals work and they still work for the buyers and they still work for the sellers. So what we saw a lot, the later half of 2022 is there was a lot of listings. There's a lot of sellers who just pulled their deals off the market because of interest rates. They were unable to get the price that they wanted and they had no distress. So their option was sell for my price or pull it off the market. So in 2023, we're seeing people adjust to those interest rates and we're finding ways to bridge the gap between buyers and sellers. And one of the ways we're doing that 
is finding interest rates that still make deals pencil for the buy side. Lee, that was very well explained from one transacting agent to another. That's definitely coming from the perspective of someone who's brokering deals. Lee, let me summarize what I'm hearing you say, because I think the experience in Cincinnati, Ohio is very similar, but also across the Midwest. Interest rate volatility. There are a lot of people who are predicting that this interest rate volatility is going to bring prices down. And nationally, that doesn't seem to be the case. And we're still seeing prices rise in Midwestern markets like yours and mine, because the primary factor in prices is still supply and demand. And what we're experiencing right now is that supply is incredibly low. There are very few sellers right now willing to disposition. And we still have a lot of capital and a lot of non-local capital trying to get into our markets because they still cash flow, even at these higher interest rates, and they'll cash flow as well as Kansas City deals did in 2020 and 21, but they still cash flow better than other parts of the country do, which is why we're getting so much non-local investor attention. We're also talking about a space, especially with those four families, where we are not likely to see a lot of sellers experience the distress of an expiring interest rate in the twos and threes. Because those four, did you call them stucker? Yeah, stucker quads. Yeah. yeah. The stucker quads. We have brick bunkers in Cincinnati, but they're much older. And we're talking 1940s to late 60s. So a lot of the mechanical issues that you were referencing, we do have with our quads, but we have thousands and thousands of them. Those stucker quads are on 30-year fixed mortgages for the vast majority of owners who are never going to need to refinance if they already have their low interest rate locked in. So it's an interesting time, all things considered in the Midwest and small multifamily, because with everything else going on, the supply and demand factors in the market still have prices going up simply because there aren't enough things being sold for all the buyers to buy. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. You don't have distressed sellers and you don't really have much inventory. So prices are not going to go down. Maybe they would on office building that's 50% occupied where the loan is expiring and it's just not worth what it was three years ago. But for small multifamily, yeah, you don't have these distressed sellers. And most people who are owners have their rates locked in for five, seven, 10 years. So they're not in a position of having to sell. Last question before we transition the conversation, Lee, now that you are the boots on the ground in Kansas City and you're buying small multifamily there, where is it that you're finding the deals you personally acquire? Most of it, I think, would boil down to networking. I'm sure you experience this too, because you're a broker and I always give my clients the first shot at deals. So that 19 unit that I bought, it was an off-market deal. 